Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today, we're going to continue our discussion on account-based sales and marketing strategies. Joining us is Sherry Johnston. Welcome back, Sherry, who's the account-based practice lead at Winning by Design. Winning by Design is the standard in go-to-market operating models for companies running recurring revenue models. Yesterday, Sherry Johnson and I talked about account-based strategy, and today we're going to continue our conversation to discuss ideal customer profiles and segmentation. Okay, here's my conversation with Sherry Johnson, the account-based practice lead at Winning by Design. Sherry, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me again, Doug. Happy to be here. Great conversation yesterday. This is one of my favorite topics as a marketer. And that's how do we organize and understand which markets we're marketing and selling to? So let's start out with, is there a difference between an ideal customer profile and a market segment? Yeah, well, absolutely, Doug. I mean, the way that we, we've defined it anyway here and, and the way we think about it is, there's your ideal customer profile. And, and often the key is that overall ideal customer that your company can sell market products and solutions to as a whole. But then within that, there are many different segments of customers that you may need bespoke messaging to. You might have bespoke use cases and solutions to. And so really understanding where your next revenue is going to come from and what customers you're going to message to uniquely is really you know key to an account-based strategy. So starting with this foundation of understanding both of those, of your ideal customer profile, as well as the segments that are key within that, you know, is really crucial. It's also a much more involved process getting to the the right ICP. I feel like marketers are really good at, and by the way, folks, if I didn't mention it, I'm the CMO of my company, so I can speak about marketers and overgeneralize. But it's fairly easy for marketers to sit down with a spreadsheet, pull some data from I don't know, some system like Zoom Info and go and parse it down to the point where we go, look at that. That looks like a great segment for us. But ICP is really different, isn't it? It's about having that whole understanding of who you're marketing to. But also you mentioned this before. You talked about the idea of your product as a whole product or your service as a whole product or your services and products as a whole offering, right? So the difference really is, hey, it's it's got to be an effort across multiple organizations to fully understand who you're marketing to, right? So let's talk a bit about how you get there. So where would you recommend people start when they're thinking about tackling their ICP? Yeah, great question. We have a, a methodology that, you know, after m- many iterations, 
that we feel really strongly about that at the, at the core of it, if we're going to really boil it down is around customer modeling, like really understanding your customers. You're going to most likely find your next best customer based off of the success of your current customer base. They have so many insights into how they're using your product and services, what they're using it for and where it really shines. And so while the whole methodology is a combination of qualitative and quantitative analysis, you know, really at the core of it is understanding what types of customers are, are purchasing you today, both from a high level firmographic perspective, but also lots of times some really amazing insights can be deep in some of those core attributes that are unique to your business, whether they be key technologies that align with your, your business or deep industry data, sub-industries that are, that are super tied into your use case. So, you know, I think it's not a, always a, a obvious go-to for marketers to get deep into data analysis, but often can be one of the most efficient ways of marketing by honing in on those ideal customers that are really going to be your biggest revenue generators in the coming quarters. How does whole product play when it comes to evaluation? Or is that premature with ICP? Do you feel like the ICP process happens and that allows you to evaluate whole product, or are they impossible to separate? Yeah, great question. Part of that qualitative analysis is definitely really bringing in the, the product component of it. So for example, if you lean too much into the customer modeling, but also have you know significant product changes coming up that may open you to new markets, you may be making your TAM too small or your ideal customer profile too narrow by just leaning on the customer modeling too much. So especially if you're opening up new markets, your product is evolving significantly, having product involved and in those insights and, and to what use cases they will open up can be a, a definitely a, a huge need. Yeah, let's go back to this idea of segmentation. And I just made fun of my poor fellow marketers when we talked about it. But quite often out of the segmentation process, you also recognize, let's call them negative segments or segments you don't want to market to. The same thing exists, maybe a little bit more nuanced when it comes to ICP. So talk to folks about what acceptable customer profile, what that roughly equates to. And this idea of an unacceptable customer profile, in other words, and by the way, this isn't as simple as saying, I have lawnmowers. I'm not going to sell them to people who don't have lawns. Quite often, the UCP can look like a good prospect. You sell to them, you go through the process, you install the software, you install your product, and then you find that the customer is more trouble than they're worth, right? So it looks good. It's that shiny object that you want to go for, but it's not quite the same, right? So help us understand those nuances between ACP and UCP. So, you know, going back to that customer modeling piece, what we don't want to know is like, okay, everybody who has that lawn, yes, we're going to market to all of them. But that deeper analysis that I mentioned that is very unique to your business, but by doing some, some really key analysis on things like lifetime customer value by different segments of customers, you can really find out, you know, who you sold that lawnmower to who never bought again. And oftentimes that can be something that you, you didn't realize that they've actually have a certain type of lawn that doesn't work with lawnmowers. So that deep analysis can be so insightful. And so I do see that as a miss in, in a lot of go-to-market strategies is glossing over the deep analysis on ICP and really just looking at the high level attributes of the business. 
it's better than nothing. And some companies don't even get that far. So, so baby steps, but often depending on the business, some of those real nuggets can be uncovered with that deeper analysis and really looking at things like not only who your current customers are, but who, who is actually producing the most revenue for you as well. So UCP is buried in our current customer databases. They're out there, right? So it's a matter of discovering them, probably based on some simple unit economics, right? So what's my CAC to LTV payback period? And is it different for these folks? And am I investing a lot more in, in this company than I am in others? So lots of factors there, but it sounds like it's in there. It's in that data that's in your customer base. That makes a ton of sense. Help people understand then how to break out an ACP versus an ICP. And Sherry, is, is the difference your willingness to invest? And is it the difference in unit economics? Is it that simple or is it more nuanced? You know, I, I think that the the economics of it are are, are really looking at more more on the, the at least the way we look at it is a little bit more on the second stage of there's the ICP and segmentation, which really kind of helps you uncover for us, you know, where your next best customers are going to come from, how you message through them through the segmentation, but then the the other nuance that can can seem overwhelming and a little bit confusing, I realize, but. We focus on tiering or scoring to really get to that level of how you prioritize those, which are different than segmentation. So as we think about segmentations, we're thinking about you as the person who has the lime green lawn, and we're going to talk to you a bit differently because we know this model of lawnmower works for you. But the person with this type of lawn, actually, you know, we, we need to sell them a different unit and, and you want to be able to segment those differently. However, By also being able to understand and tier and know that you're going to make more money on this lawnmower than that lawnmower. So let's prioritize these guys. So that, you know, there's some nuances there of making sure that there is actually both tiering and segmentation included in your model to really make sure that you're putting your resources, you're putting your marketing dollars and your your hard-earned human capital towards those accounts that that are really going to move the needle. For those of you listening that have skipped forward in the podcast and just heard us talk about lawnmower six times, please understand that's an analogy and an easy one for people to understand when they're thinking about product to market fit, but also thinking about ICP, ACP, and UCP. So what's really interesting is we think about our ability to evaluate an ICP. We want to make sure that that ICP recognizes the differentiators for a company. And so examples of differentiators, because quite often we'll think about like, oh, my feature is better than your feature. We're talking really at a higher scale, right? So so what are some of those assets that companies have that truly make them stand out? I'll give you an example. Coca-Cola is differentiated from Pepsi simply by its branding and its logo, right? And we would call that a huge differentiator. So I'm sorry for Pepsi folks that are listening. Amazing product too. So talk to us a bit about how you consider differentiators when you're evaluating ICP and what role that plays. You know, I think that first and foremost in the qualitative analysis, this is this is a huge piece that comes out from the people that the the folks, the AEs, the customer success professionals that are talking to customers the most. And this is part of that stakeholder interviews that we we have as part of this process. And that is such a rich conversation to understand how they know people are a good candidate. And there's so much that sometimes doesn't come out in the data, like these differentiators that they will bring to the process and really bubble up in the conversations. So the the competitive conversations, understanding 
where they are able to often articulate how they are able to bring back a solution for a customer versus necessarily a competitor who who may not be able to to do that for them and and it just it, it'll bubble up a lot of differentiators that aren't attributes that you can even get out of data and i think that's a, a really key piece and again depending on the market this can be a, a bigger factor than others so if we're really unpacking this and understanding things, we also are remiss if we don't think about where a particular product is on the technology adoption curve on some level. I'm sure you run into this a lot. And we talked about it yesterday a little bit. We talked about how ABS can be a great tool when you're in that early adopter phase. We talked about it as not having a market segment, right? So that's the very definition of maybe those folks that are leaning into new products earlier along the line. How does that factor in how you advise clients? And is that something that people typically miss? You know, I think the earlier they stage of the organization, the more we need to lean into the qualitative analysis versus quantitative, knowing that there's just not as much data to, for us to work with and really draw detailed insights from your customer base. Also, if we're very early stages or the product is evolving extensively, we recommend revisiting the ICP and segmentation very often in order to capture those market changes, those conditions, that those learnings that you are when you're very early stage in your journey. The more mature you get, the more often that the company has a mature market segment that they have established. And it can also be more focusing on opening up new market segments to branch off of the success of the, the ones that they have today. So definitely a huge consideration in terms of when approaching that project and, and what pieces of the modeling you would lean into. Well, Sherry, I've really enjoyed this conversation and I'm really looking forward to our conversation tomorrow. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Doug. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Sherry Johnston, the account-based practice lead at Winning by Design for joining us today. In part three of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, where Sherry and I are going to discuss elevating women in revenue. Just one link in our show notes I'd wanna tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. And of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is at Market Advocate. And if you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. We'll be back in your feed the next business day. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself. 